Hello, welcome to some Jerks Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. Coming to you live on YouTube for the first time. Simulcast the first time. Simulcast to Twitch. Let's go. And, <laughs> and today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Avatar Way of Water. But before we do that, buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, we like to talk about games. Uh, and also, I guess, like, Avatar is one of the, the hardest. To, it's like sci-fi. It's like nerdy. Just vaguely yeah. nerdy, I guess, right? But even then, it's like the most popular movie of all time. How's that nerdy? You know what I mean? Like, whatever the case may be. We are talking about Avatar, the way of the way of water. Avatar, Whalers on the Moon, as I like to call it, because Pandora is, in fact, a moon. And the story prominently features a group of whalers. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to call it Waterworld, but with Navi. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, and, you know, the uh, the box office might make that more true than, uh, than, than oh, you might think. Oh, the box office bad? The box office is apparently bad for this movie. No um, way. Uh, uh, and, apparently, and apparently it needed to be, like, ludicrous in order to make its money back. Oh, so, sure. Okay. Um, reports that saw were something like $134 million, which I don't think is very high um, for opening weekend. But, you know. Okay. Wow. This, no, am I gonna get Pandora? Am I gonna get Pandora blocked, cock like cock blocked? But for Pandora, <laughs> are you going to get Navi balls? Yeah, the, since, yeah, exactly. Since they're blue. <laughs> they're blue. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway, um, so pre pre spoiler evaluations, buddy. What did you think of Way of Water? I liked it. Uh, I liked it quite a lot. Uh, all things considered. Not my favorite movie of the year, probably in the middle of the pack. It won't win any derpies, uh, but it was just a solid time. It was, th it was like a long movie. It was like three hours. It's like three hours, right? Three hours, 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Jeez, what a monster. Um, I, I guess I feel a little weird. I famously really like, maybe not so famously. I really like the original Avatar. Everybody hates that movie or everyone likes to shit on that movie. I don't know that everybody like hates it. Um, and to me, that is like. Good old-fashioned entertainment, man. Avatar, number one, was a good movie. I don't care if it's Pocahontas in space. I actually, it does bother, that comparison does bother me, but whatever. Um, and, you know, Avatar Way of the Water was a pretty good sequel to that. Uh, it's probably worse than the first one, but I think I might like it better. Just because, like, the overall sort of story is doing more complicated and interesting things than the original avatar which is pretty you know it's kind of straightforward that's just like a simple story told well is like the original avatar um with some neat like world building and stuff kind of like going in there there's a lot of attention to detail that i think is really interesting about the original avatar um that all of that stuff carries forward into the second movie but it's kind of put front and center in a way that i found a little bit more gratifying so it is a sort of a worse movie because it's more complicated and fumbles some things but it is also a movie that i liked more just on like kind of almost like the Gonzo scale. Have I talked about the Gonzo scale before? I don't think so. The Gonzo scale is something that was created by YouTuber Patrick H. Willems to describe a certain subset of movies that are just about flooding you with just like, <laughs> what the fuck moments, right? And he, he talks, Aquaman is a good example. Aquaman is a, is a, a Gonzo movie, according to him. Um, because it is just, like, so full of these moments that make you just want to know everything about this, right? Like, the Brian King is my famous example of this, right? I just want to know everything about the Brian King. He's so fucking cool. Crabs, 
deepening the lava, shooting lava catapults through the water. That's sweet. There's an octopus. He's playing drums. That's what everybody always talks about. This is the stuff that makes Aquaman a Gonzo movie. There's a lot of stuff in Avatar 2 that makes it a sufficiently Gonzo blockbuster film that I enjoyed. So, yeah, there we are. All right. Um, hmm. So, I'm going to say that I enjoyed the movie. I think I think I think I liked it better than Avatar One, but I don't think it's because it's a better movie than Avatar One. I think it's specifically because I have like a soft spot for like marine themed things. Sure. Um, I had so many fridge moments with this movie. <laughs> um, oh, me too. Absolutely. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, couple other things. Um, so I think I think that you should go see this movie in the biggest theater you can find. Because I think the best parts of this movie are the production value, and that's best uh, enjoyed on a big screen. I also True. think because of that fridge momentization that I don't think the movie's particularly spoilable from a plot perspective. But if we talk about these fridge moments, you'll notice them when you're watching it, and you don't want to do that. You want to just go into this movie, watch it, brain empty, right? Enjoy it, and then like come to the horrifying realizations later. Um, not that they're that horrifying, just that they're whatever. Other thing, thought that passed through my head, I rewatched the first Avatar on Saturday in preparation. I watched The Way of Water yesterday. Um, basically, I, I didn't remember. It was 13 years ago the last time I watched it, right? So it was, I watched it. was like, this is like the least subtle movie ever. And then I watched Avatar Way of Water, which may somehow be less subtle than <laughs> the original Avatar. Yeah, in a way that honestly sort of bothers me. Not that we can, we you know, we have to get so far into it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think I largely agree with you about the, the first movie. Like, I think Avatar 1 gets shit on because it is so unsubtle, right? But as a piece of production quality, as a piece of kind of like a visual art, I think it's pretty spectacular. And I think that applies to this movie as well. Um and I think that, especially, so for Way of Water, I think these movies don't come around that often, and I think it's worth watching for that aspect, right? I felt very similarly about, what was the name of it? I didn't think it was very good, but it was the astronaut movie with, like, Matt Damon and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, I thought it had, like, an impressive scale, um, uh, but, like, I didn't think it was a particularly good plot, but, like, the visuals were stunning, and I thought it was worth watching in a big theater. Um, Ad Astra? That's Brad Pitt, right? Maybe. I might have confused. It's Tommy Lee Jones plays Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, whichever whichever one of those people's father. Tommy Lee Jones' dad, astronaut. <laughs> uh, Ad Astra. Also the movie- yeah, okay, it is Ad Astra. All right, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Well, we could talk a little bit more about Avatar One and what I think is is great about Avatar One, uh, like truly great in the um, kind of in the next section, but maybe that's a good place to just pop into spoilers. All right, yeah. So spoilers, spoilers for Avatar One and Two. Um, no, probably no spoilers uh, yeah, spo- for the Last Airbender, but you know, spoilers for this movie are. You're, you are right. I don't think I could explain the plot of this movie to someone. They would be like, what? Spa- Whalers in space? Yeah. Uh, like, and that's, that's like half the, the movie. second half of the... Yeah, right? Like, they're so, this movie is so long, right? Um, but, uh, you know, 
Um, what was the last time? So, so spoiler warning for these two movies. Like I said, um, we're probably going to get into some of like the weirdness that doesn't make doesn't sound good in retrospect. So, if you want to watch it, go watch it before you watch this. This is your warning. Um, when was the last time you watched Avatar One, buddy? Uh, I watched it in preparation for this, but I watch it all the time. I okay. have it, like I, I own it, um, and it is like it is like Man of Steel. It's like Kung Fu Panda. It's just like, one of these movies I can I can just like turn on, and I like it. It like works. Which the more I the the thing I think links those movies are two things. Number one, the action is good. Number two, the script is good. Um, like, it just has kind of, like, a really solid script, which is really the thing about Avatar 1 that impresses me, right? Avatar 1 is a movie that is full of character arcs. Um, right. Just, like, everybody has one. Jake has one. Natiri has one. Grace has one. Um, I wanted to say Teddy, but his name is Norm. Norm. Norm has one, right? It's just, like, literally everyone. Quaritch has one. Right? It's, like, everyone is constantly kind of changing and growing over the course of the movie, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, you know, sometimes uh, kind of fueled in, uh, like, smart ways, sometimes fueled in, like, evil ways, right? You know, like, which is, I'm sorry, smart ways. Like, some people turn good, some people turn evil, is what I mean to say. Um, and I think all of those moving pieces just mesh so well together right uh that it really just makes for a strong compelling story i i i, I mentioned the term cameron pilled because i told this to rachel she thought it was really funny i i feel like i am fully cameron pilled i think james cameron can kind of do no wrong like he is just that talented a director we should not doubt to gain james cameron's you know the skill at this he is good at this stuff and Way of the Water feels like it sort of delivers, right? Um, the thing about Way of Wa the Way of the Water is it is full of these French moments uh, that are <sighs> bothersome because they are not true French moments. I did notice them in the in the midst of things, but I also kind of tried hard not to care about them. Um, but it does make the script a little bit worse, and I do sort of it does sort of like bother me in that way. Yeah. No, um, I also think just kind of like to, to, to talk about it in relation to Avatar 1, I think one of the weaknesses of this movie is that it didn't feel like the characters really arced a lot. Like, it felt like everybody stayed kind of static, like anybody that you, you would think would go through an arc kind of doesn't. Like, everybody stays pretty, like, things that you think are going to, like, are played for an arc, right? Like, so, one of the, one of uh, Jake's sons is like, you know, the, the rowdy person that, like, his arc is, like, you know, does something reckless and then he arcs into, like, that's, that'd be the typical arc. But he kind of doesn't go through that, right? Like, he doesn't really do anything that causes a problem. And then, like, him being reckless kind of helps in a way. It, like, saves his dad. So, you know, it's, it's I don't know. I, was I think I would say that he... I think actually most of these characters have arcs, except weirdly the oldest son doesn't seem to have... Well, the uh, oldest son is barely on screen, right? Like, his job yeah. is to to be tragic, right? Well, his job is... But also to kind of be like a supportive sort of... Uh, right. Uh, like, force or whatever. Because, like, the, I, I guess maybe it is less of an internal arc and more kind of like a perception arc. I sort of think... I think his name is Loat. I don't know any of these names, by the way. Zero of these names stick with me. I Whatever. Um... The second son is kind of, like, reckless and stupid, um, but I feel like the, his arc is less about 
him being him internally changing and more about everyone else changing around him where you including the audience right where you kind of view him as a dipshit at first but then like actually you kind of come to understand the the deeper aspects of his uh kind of character and and you know his dad does the same sort of thing um you know jake obviously has a weird arc about running this is also so, part so of the fridge this, stuff that I hate. This this bothered me so much because I had watched the first one yesterday. He yeah. like there are a couple of moments that are like the exact same lines, right? Like, oh really? Well, so like what so one of them isn't. So one of them is Jake when he's like, "You have to run," and then like he decides to not run. That is like literally the exact same thing that happens in the first movie, right? Like he gets up in front of the the tree people and it's like, "We have to, you have to run. You can't fight back." And then he does the exact same thing to. To the uh, or you have to tell the whales to run because they can't fight back. Um, uh, the space whales. Um, and the other one was um, literally like the the line about how like the evil thing you are doing pays for pays to fund the research is like that line. I think is exactly the same. Um, the response is slightly different, and I think Jermaine uh, and the number is different. The number is eighty million instead of twenty million. The little yeah. hunk. Of, of unobtainium is 20 million a kilo, and uh, the vial of whale juice is it's, 80 it's million a kilo. Amrita. Yeah. The only reason I picked up on that is because Amrita is the name of the soul's like currency in Neo, which. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so I assume that that's like a reference to some, like, you know, it was named that after some sort of Japanese mysticism. That was actually something I realized watching the first Avatar is when he call he says unobtainium exactly once and he's facing away from the camera when he says it. So I wonder if they wanted to change that in post and just like never did, right? Like come up, come up with a name that isn't stupid. And they yeah, and this, this is a little bit of what I'm disappointed about in Avatar 2. Um, I was hoping for more depth among the human characters. One of the things I, I can't believe I'm about to make this argument. One of the things that is so frustrating about um, Avatar 2 is how comically evil everyone is. Just like, ba like first of all, this is also <sighs> true in one, I, which is you know, part. Sure, you're sure, yeah, I agree. But in one, I think you can get away with it in the same way that the Empire can be comically evil in Star Wars, but then become kind of more complex, sort right. of like over time and you learn about Darth Vader and the Emperor and there's kind of like more stuff going on there, right? Or like these TV shows that are coming out now that are adding like more dimension. You get Bill Burr playing this kind of former stormtrooper who has like complicated relationships with the, like the bureaucracy and all this stuff what's going on in like Andor and Rogue One, all this stuff. Like th that is complicating it. So it's like, I can understand why, for instance, um, the, the bad guy in Rogue One, the evil scientist, goes to work for the Empire, right? But, like, that's kind of a thing. You wouldn't really understand that when you watch the original Star Wars, just because sure. they don't have time to get into the depth of it, right? I don't understand most of the construction of this movie because fundamentally, and I can't believe I'm about to make this argument, I swear to God, fundamentally, it seems to have, like, a poor understanding of, like, corporations and capitalism i guess i want to say it really bothers me that they just dump the whale because it's clear they did so much research into whaling like the, like what whalers in like new england or whatever were doing but whalers in new england were like the, first of all the reason that they didn't take 
quote-unquote all of the whale is because it is a huge fucking creature and you can't transport it, right? So you have to dump it, right? Second of all, dumping it is actually not all that bad. Whales are an important part, like dead whales are an important part of marine biology and like ecosystems, right? Um, and third of all, as we as humans have gotten more complex about the way that we deal with like farming, like factory farming and everything like that. And this isn't even to talk about the morals of it or whatever. We are better at using every part of the animal in order to essentially like turn a profit. Right. And I don't want to get into any of the details of this or why I know any of this stuff. Right. But it destroys me. The idea that they have functionally these unlimited resources and they're just going to like dump this thing you can't find any way to yeah. you like use the just rest eat of it. that eat it right let's <laughs> eat it right i sell it so, to the i like, it bothers me so much no, so so the, the other part of this that bothers me a lot is like so i think i think they decided that the what the whales were like human level smart like halfway through production and like didn't Fully think of all the ramifications, right? Because, like, the idea that, like, this marine biologist, who clearly has a lot of respect for these whales, would be okay. Like, he says killing this whale would be like killing one of their sisters. What he should be saying, this is literally murdering a person, right? Like, because that is what it is, right? Like, they're human. Like, like I would get it if it was, like, a horse, right? And, like, or, like, a dog, Right, like yeah. you don't kill a dog because that's mean, but at the end of the day, that isn't as bad as murdering a person. Sure, right, yeah. And like you make this argument that like, oh, the Navi bond with this with this this animal, and that's about like murdering the sister. This is not that. This is literally literally murdering a person, right? Like killing yeah, a them. Person cold. you can have literal conversations with. Yeah, this was the thing that that fucked me up, especially because I had actually just watched. So there's a YouTube video about Coco the gorilla can't speak sign language. Right. Um, it went like mildly viral last yeah. year, and I watched oh, it. Shit. And I rewatched it not all that long ago. That was completely unrelated. I didn't know any of this stuff, obviously, oh, no. at the time. Right? Did something happen? Uh, my my mic isn't broadcasting. All right, we're back. We're good. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Don't That's worry so about it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. No okay. one's watching. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, the. Uh, Coco the gorilla did not speak sign language. They taught Coco signs in the same way that you teach your dog to that picking up a leash and walking to the door is the sign for you're about to go on a walk, right? Or picking up the, like, you know, at five o'clock, you go and you get a cup of kibble for your cat, right? Orion knows what it means when I walk over to where the cat food is and... I open the I open the container. If I if he hears that sound, he has learned that that corresponds to I'm going to get food. Right. That is the way in which Coco learned how to sign. She just like there there was no complex language happening in her brain essentially. Right. Okay. And part of and part of that video talks about like the really specific ways in which like humans form language and learn to kind of talk and communicate and have conversations with one another because there are a lot of really like complex hard things that humans are human brains are naturally wired to understand like the idea of pronouns for instance right that's actually a pretty complicated subject for like language to get across absent of itself but humans have an innate ability to understand pronouns that you can substitute a variety of different words like 
I'm sorry, I, I have to back this up. Okay, the reason pronouns are complicated is because it is a word that is definitionally dozens, hundreds, thousands of word, words, right? When I say that, or when I say he, that is a pronoun that is linked to millions of different nouns at any individual time, and it is entirely based on the context, right? The antecedent noun in the phrase or sentence or whatever it is, right, that that pronoun links to. That's an incredibly complicated thing that our, our brains are just naturally wired to handle effortlessly, right? Effortlessly. Little kids figure this out immediately. We are, like, designed for this shit, right? And it's just like, you couldn't do that with these fucking whales, and the way the movie introduces it was so ass-backwards that it bothered me so much. Because it introduces the kid and the whale first, and then only afterwards does it explain, oh, actually, these guys have human-level intelligences, and you can have a conversation. Well, I'm he, like, he starts talking to them, I'm like, wait, is this, like, is this... Like him actually talking, and the kid acts like, like he he does he's not surprised by the fact that the whale's talking to him, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and the thing is, it's like he starts talking to him, and you think it's like I'm talking to Scooby Doo or something. It's like okay, Scooby Doo is a cartoon dog who can talk. This is sort of science fiction, whatever. Maybe I can get kind of on board with this, but then they go on to explain it after the fact and like go to find him. I'm just like, why didn't we do this first? Why did we not just like have, handle have this first? And also, it would make sense to be like, oh, why? Why is this random one out here not doing anything? Right? Like, why? Why is this one separate from the rest of them? And then you can go into the whole like, um, you know, oh, this was another thing that bothered me a lot, right? Like, you know, that he's like he's he's a killer, right? And the way they play it is obviously right. Like, you know, he has murdered Navi. And he has murdered whales, right? And, like, you can... Again, this is another good Star Wars comparison, right? You can get away with the fact that that's not really clear. You can get away with Ben Kenobi doesn't recognize R2-D2 and C-3PO because those movies weren't written yet. You can't do that in the same movie where it's like, oh, he didn't actually kill them, but he is morally culpable for killing them. Be that we, we knew about that, right? Like, it's not <laughs> like... <laughs> pause for a second. I don't know that I've ever heard that. Holy fuck, he doesn't recognize C-3PO and R2-D2? Yeah. Oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? Oh my brain! How are you just realizing this? No! I, no, 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 I've always, I've heard, and you know, you hear, you hear it. You hear it. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. No. Are you okay? I can't handle this. No, this is fucking me up so bad. <laughs> because like, okay, so for instance, I've heard it with Darth Vader. People always talk about it with Anakin and Vader, right? Because you see, because Vader... <laughs> Oh. oh my god. I've never I've never realized that. I never realized. Holy fuck, I'm dying. Fuck. Okay, yes. Okay. We're, we're, you okay? We're, we're, I'm good. I'm back. I'm on top of it. Holy shit. <laughs> Anybody wants to see me have an existential crisis, go to the VOD. Like, you know, I'm <laughs> 
just like a minute and a half ago, two minutes ago, and just watch my like whole world come crumbling down around you. Holy fuck. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm normal. This is fine. <laughs> okay. So, point, point being, right? Like, you can excuse those things because the movie, those, those the prequels were written later, right? Mm. Like, you know, you come up with some reason why it kind of makes sense or whatever, and you let it go because, because you know, we're all people in the real world and we're like, okay, that's fine, right? Yeah. That doesn't work in the same movie. So, ev- like, when, when Load or whatever his name because it's like, no, he didn't kill those Navi. He broke, you know, he he led an attack against the whalers and that caused them to get killed. And the chieftain's response isn't, oh, that's different. He's like, no, he's still morally culpable by like the whale, you know, by whale society, right? As if he already knew that. And no one sat down to explain to him that, no, this whale isn't dangerous. He's just, you know, an outcast because he broke their, like, moral precepts, right? Which, like, you know, again, I get that from, like, an audience perspective. Like, I think that's interesting. But you can't do that to the character and have and have it, like, make sense, right? Yeah, like, this, is, this is the kind of fridge, fridge moment that we're talking about, right? This is the fridge yeah. logic. Okay, yeah. Like, another one for me that bothers the fuck out of me is... Jake is so able to he's mind he's like mind reading the the Quaritch and the you know like whatever the sky people right and he always gets it right he always immediately intuits exactly their motivations to a T right it's like oh and first of all can't you say let's to to layer a French moment on top of this French moment why the fuck does Jake Sully matter so much? What, right? Wait, why like, does him why does him running to the islands change anything? Right? Exactly. Do, do the tree people just stop attacking and they're like, okay, they're not attacking us, so we won't push and out on, against on, them? On the, yeah, and on the complete other side of things, you have to you can say maybe, okay, well, Jake has this, you know, he's he was one of the sky people, he became the leader of his clan or whatever he has this inspirational you know yeah you don't want to martyr Marco him or whatever, story right. or like whatever. A- no you do want to you you just you want to kill the figurehead right you want to you want to prove your power by killing one of their by but killing you- one of their heroes but the thing is is that jake demonstrates that he's not all that important or special because he shows up at the village and they're like i don't give a fuck about you and it's like well then he's not important and they should just not care about him right i but anyway, yeah, yeah, no, no, but like, so if we take the movie at its word, right? Once Jake leaves, this keeps the tree people safe because they're not going to go after the tree people anymore, which kind of implies they would not be attacking the sky. They would not be attacking the humans if Jake mm-hmm. was not there to stir them up. So is Jake just kind of like a terrorist who is attacking the humans for like, I won't say no reason, right? Like obviously, there's like a there's like a, 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 a you know a, a claim about like there's like a territory dispute, right? Like I think that's all legitimate. I'm not, but like it implies that the only reason the Navi are fighting back at all is because Jake is leading them, and that once he leaves, the humans can like the the tree people just either don't care or the humans stop fighting them for some reason, and that the tree people just do, like, he arms, like, 70 of them, right? And, like, Norm is still there, right? Like, you think they're just like, oh, we'll just sit here and let the humans run, like, burn all of our shit, right? Like, 
I like I don't I don't get I don't get how this solves any of the problems. In fact, you'd think that driving them into hiding, driving them into hiding, like you said, accomplishes the same goal, right? Like yep. they they've de they've dethroned it, right? And like, you know, I I, I I think I can get past the like why they're still hunting him bit, right? It's like, you know, is he again, the thing that popped into my head was like, you know, like this this kind of Al Qaeda like similarity, right? Like, you know, Jake Sully is Osama bin Laden hiding somewhere and maybe he's giving orders to the Navi from somewhere, but they don't say any of that. They don't show any of that. They just kind yeah. of like, you know, and like, I'd even get it if like, you know, the Brigadier General was like, you know, okay, threats no, neutralized. We don't care anymore. And, you know, the Colonel goes rogue right, or whatever, right? Like that makes sense to me too. That would make sense as like a revenge story, but it's none of that. It's just like, and they can't even get their story straight about like why the plot is happening, right? Is it that humanity needs to move to Pandora because Earth's dead, or is it because the whalers want brain juice, right? Like, is it both? Um, how do these interplay with each other, right? Like, it's just none of it, none of it, like, none of it, like, coheres. I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah, I think it is because they didn't just want to do two massacres of the Na'vi and the of the tree people in a row. I feel like the original version of this had to be that the, you know, Quaritch and his guys show up and they find there, there's a lot of setup for this, it felt like, right? Where, which was like um, Quaritch and his guys are talking about how because they're blue, they're immune to the to like the nervous system, the, the immune system of the world, right? Yeah. Because Awa is this giant macrobiological organism, right? Um, we saw in the first movie how Awa was like kind of able to sort of like tip the scales and participate with the Navi by like sending the, you know, the hammerhead yeah, bull rhino. Right. That, that's ultimately what wins the day, right? Like it's yeah, not the Navi exactly. fighting back, it's Awa fighting back. Yeah, exactly. And you could, and I, I think there were like, y there were sort of hints towards this, right? There were these sort of um, uh, uh, gestures, I guess I would say, towards this. Uh, but like, they didn't really deliver on on any of that, on the, any of that kind of front. And I feel like the reason why is because in like the first cut of this movie, it was like there was just like a really brutal attack on the village. Jake and the, his family escape. They need to find refuge. They do, they do so in these islands. Um, and I bet somebody was just like, that is, that is like too harsh. You can't start, you can't start the movie that way. We've already done this. You know, we have already done this thing. Let's just have them skedaddle for another reason. I wish the reason they chose was better. <laughs> like, Yeah. Like, and also like, it's weird. Cause it, it, it's like that. It's like the, not, it, it is almost like the Navi are completely helpless without Jake telling them to fight back, which kind of like, you know, like they attack. Like, these, like, you know, four to 20 human, you know, avatars, right? Because, like, their number seems to change uh, pretty frequently. But the, 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 these jarheads, right? Like, these jarhead avatars, right? Show up and, like, completely subjugate the other island village with, like, no effort, right? There is literally no problem. And, like, it also it doesn't, it, like... Are, do the Navi just like help us against the humans? Why didn't they just do what they did to, uh, like, why after they like figure out which village the uh, like Jake's staying at, do they not just like do the same thing they did to that first village, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe the idea is that like they they need shock and awe tactics, but you could at least show that, right? Like we're like, 
Yeah, know. especially because these guys are not soldiers, they're whalers. That was the other thing that bothered me. It was like, I understand you have this kind of elite set of Marines in these Avatar bodies, but like, th it seems like, uh, it seems pretty crazy they were able to like subjugate this stuff so hard. Anyway, I don't know, man, yeah. this stuff, I feel like we could go on all day about, about this, this, but I, like I said, I did like the movie. Like, yeah. frankly, the part where the space whalers were just space whaling, I was great. Honestly, right up until the very end, because again, that whole thing of just like, that's all you use, as if like, that, uh, it bothers me so much. It's like, the dumbest thing. Um, that was actually great. Like, when this movie is doing that stuff, when it is essentially just world building, I'm having a perfect time, right? You know, there's the there's this fight with this like, giant, crazy, coal-canth shark thing with like, a, a tri-fanged jaw that was sweet. And that's when the whale shows up and saves, saves his life or whatever. Right. You know, like there's this, uh, they're doing stuff in the reef, but then they're also like, Oh, well, if you go out into the open ocean, right? Like that's, that's the danger or whatever. Like all that stuff is great. Um, you know, I don't know. Just like the, the little pieces of other things, the crab bots, right? These little yeah. crab bots that like crab up onto the, and then I was like, I could watch crab bots all day. They are great, right? Uh, that's the stuff I feel like that made, that made Avatar work and threatened sort of to create a world that I am like interested or compelled by in the same way that like other, I would say like kind of world building focused stories have been able to compel me, right? Star Wars being a great example, right? I think the, the special thing about Star Wars is the world building. That's the thing that makes it yeah. truly kind of magnificent, right? And maybe you could convince me a similar sort of thing is going to happen in, in you know, Avatar or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, I don't know, maybe my biggest disappointment is how sort of one-dimensional all of these sort of human characters uh, are and kind of end up being. Did nobody read Moby Dick? Moby Dick is all about whalers and, like, humanizing them. And, like, yeah, they're just kind of guys working a job and this is what their job is like and this is the, de like, the fine details of it. And, yes, they are, in fact, run by a captain who is insane and mad and from hell's heart I stab at thee. But, like, you know... I, I the, 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 the complete characterization of like, these whalers is like fundamentally like diabolically evil is just like, ugh, okay. Yeah. I wanted more. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think, I think it would have been a, a better story if they just like didn't realize that like, or it would have made more sense. If they just didn't realize that the whales were intelligent, right? Like nobody thought to figure it out. Right. Like, you know, the scientists can be like, they're pretty small. Like, you know, that like, they think they're like human, you know, uh, you know, like our you know, earth level whale, earth whale level intelligence, right? Like you can even throw, put in a throwaway line about how like there used to be whales on earth until we like, you know, despoiled the oceans or whatever. Right? Yeah, or like you could explain that like it's a kind of intelligence that, you know, they're not quote unquote testing for or wouldn't un wouldn't necessarily understand. The Navi are able to communicate with these whales through through sign language. They have complex social structures and like language centers, but like they don't do math and philosophy which are two things that are name dropped as like right. actual things that these fucking whales do i'm like what are the whales doing calculus come on like yeah i'm and, and like you know i i like i have no problem kind of like buying that as like a thing that's happening but like you i, I have the, the the circle i can't square is you know anybody realizing that and like being so like being so like 
either you're all the way in on that and you don't care. Like, I could buy that for the captain, but I can't buy that this marine biologist who's supposed to be, like, vaguely sympathetic, right? Like, he's like, this is why I drink at night. No, either you cannot tolerate this or you are, like, or or you're, like, so you're just, like, you, you care just about the money and you're, that's why you're so far in on it, right? Like, I, I don't I don't buy that any human is that medium about anything. Or you are, like, Joseph Mengele and you just, like, don't have any scruples and right. you're just, like, willing to torture these fucking whales in order to pick apart their biology, right? Like, that's, that's fine if that's, like, the world that you want to live in. Anyway... Yeah. <laughs> so I'm complaining a lot more about this movie than I expected to. When I got out of it, I was like, fuck yeah. I love Avatar. Let's go. <laughs> like <laughs> So, question for you. Do you uh, sure. the 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 woman's name is Natiri, right? Yes. Okay. So, first of all, I don't know. I after watching two movies of this two days in a row, I kind of got sick of like something bad happens and Natiri just like screams. Um like she's got like this very but do you think she was actually going to kill Spider or do you like, cause that's like just not addressed, right? Like she, she is, she basically bargains for her daughter's life by threatening to kill the Colonel's son, which I think is a good moment, but it's like not clear that it's a bluff. And you think that they'd address that at some point, right? Like, I sort of think it wasn't a bluff. I don't know. Maybe it's ambiguous for, for uh, like for that purpose. I sort of think it wasn't it wasn't a bluff. I this is the part of the movie that I liked the most and I thought was most interesting because so, okay so one of the things one of the other things I like about Avatar one is Quaritch himself I think is a really interesting and kind of compelling villain right in the same way that like um, sort of like General Zod in Man of Steel is like a, is like a compelling villain I think he's sort of bad the whole time but he is bad for an interesting and kind of like off kilter reason right like he's kind of um, He's like this weird cross of like Craven the Hunter and like a military guy. Because like the thing that is motivating to him, like the thing that motivates him to action is this like he he thinks Pandora is dangerous, but that he's fucking tougher and that he he needs to like beat the you know, he needs to like, like beat, beat the wilds. Yeah, beat yeah. the submission, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, right? And, but, like, instead of being – and that that's an archetype we've seen before, right? Like, this is the kind of Craven the Hunter. This is, like, a big game hunter, bad guy archetype, right? Yeah, um, Clayton maybe Jur- in, in Tarzan. Yeah, or Jurassic Park is the other one I was thinking. There's that second Jurassic Park movie where there's that hunter who just wants to – he's the clever girl oh, guy. Oh, yeah. He's the, he's the hunter who just wants to hunt a T-Rex. That's the only thing he wants to do. And he does, in fact, do that. And he does, in fact, hunt and capture a T-Rex, but then he dies because velociraptors are too smart for him or whatever. Anyway – um, it's like I've seen that, but but the, combining that with like this military kind of General Kurtz, you know, heart of darkness thing, I thought that's really interesting, right? Um, and he does have a unique arc. He does have a real arc. He he makes a promise to Sully, right? Uh, and Sully is the one who breaks it, right? Because you know he's obviously having more complex feelings about what his like, you know, he wants his legs to be fixed, but he sort of needs a more, you know, a kind of more comprehensive spiritual fix. And like a world of thing to like kind of belong to, but like Quaritch is absolutely willing to honor his to make a deal and honor his deal because to, to further his end. And I really love that about him, right? Um, and that's reflected here too, right? Like I think that you know of these kind of human characters that I'm bitching and complaining about, even though he's not human, he's a cloned avatar or whatever. Who cares? He is actually the most interesting of them because he has all of this kind of extra stuff going on, right? Like, there's this part where he says, I admire loyalty. And it's like, well, that's true. He does, right? Yeah. You know, he was willing to kind of do right by Sully. He, like, the, 
they didn't do that thing. This is the, this is the cop out that happens with villains all the time, right? They make a deal with the hero, then the hero is like whatever, and the villain goes, "Well, I was gonna betray you the whole time. I was never gonna fucking honor that deal." And I just really like that 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 isn't happening with this character. Um, and so the the kind of connection that he forms with his sort of son and the like the, the interplay between them, the interplay between Spider and the other kids. You can tell Spider's a little bit of an outcast, right? They kind of tell you that in the yeah, beginning. Yeah. I, I wish it was a little bit like kind of like better, but you can even see it in a lot of the ways that specifically Natiri is acting with him and stuff like that. I think all that stuff is great and just like works really well. And that kind of climactic moment of trading, you know, uh, Kiri for uh, Spider, like that, all of that stuff basically worked for me, right? Yeah. So I, I agree. The only thing that bothers me is like, I don't know how Spider goes back to living with them after that. Like, like, you know, obviously Spider gets captured before they leave, right? So, like, it's not like, you know, presumably he would have stayed back with, like, Norm or something if mm -hmm. if, if he hadn't. But, like, to present at the end of the movie that he's staying with the family, it's like, I don't know if, like, I don't know. Again, that's a little thing. Maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but it's like he's, like, Natiri, I think I agree with you. I think Natiri was willing to kill him. And if that's the case, I don't want her to be my surrogate mother, especially when, like, you know, <laughs> like... At least back with, like, the, the the normal humans, right? Like, you know, there are other people around, right? Like, there's support for, like, his oxygen tank needs, right? Like, I so part, part of my thoughts about this movie is I thought, like, maybe this was suffering from, you know, uh, Wakanda Forever Syndrome and that it feels like it's setting up for a bunch of other things, right? Like, um, and, you know, maybe part of the reason this is a little bit flat is that there's, you know, Avatars 3 through 6 are going to deliver, Right. Um, and so I, I had thought that the cliffhanger for this movie was going to be Spider choosing to go back with the Colonel. Right. Um, like be, because the theory, you know, threatened to stab him. Right. Like um, or at least like not going back to the family or something. And it's just mm -hmm. I don't know. Felt weird. Felt weird. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked a lot of that stuff on an emotional level, but again, there's more fridge moment logic yeah. with this. Like, the way in which Quaritch convinces Spider is weird and doesn't... Like, I don't know that I could explain what happened there. He just sort of has a conversation and says some things, and at first I was like, okay, he's tricking Spider to go back to the to the place, and then they're going to, like, raid it, right? But then he's like, I put a tracker on you, and I was like, okay, well, then they just got they just like exposed the secret is that not the plan anymore and no that's not the plan spider is just with them and he's doing these things willingly but like they don't explain i was like i i could have seen that going a million different ways and you could have explained it correctly right uh but they sort of failed to to sort of yeah, do that like is and like is spider bringing these avatar to the to the like the 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 flying things like pterodactyls not like a horrendous betrayal of like the the navi right like um and like I yeah i mean I, and that stuff is cool and i liked it especially because like yeah i thought you know, maybe the colonel was gonna go through an arc right like he's gonna go through his own kind of redemptive arc and like you know you the classic bad guy thing where you ultimately redeem yourself by like dying saving people right like you know um or something like that but like well so i will i would say that the colonel goes through an arc i do think the colonel legitimately goes through the arc to care about spider the version of the colonel that is willing to give up right give up kiri 
in order to save Spider. I don't think like that. That is evidence of him going through an arc. He's still, but he's still a villain. He's still evil, right? Um, and he has still done this thing of like, you know, evil synthesis of like taking the the enemy's ways and learning from them, right? right? And getting these um, uh, like sky things. And I was like, that is also really interesting because like you know, this is one of the complicated things about the history of like you know colonization in like the americas with european person versus like indigenous people right like the the actual breakdowns of how those things happened were more politically complicated than it makes sense right like people talk about cortez um you know whatever the the conquistador Cor cortez like single-handedly killed all of these maya or all of these inca maybe it was the maya um Maybe it's the Aztecs is what I'm thinking or, or whatever. But, like, the reality is is that he just participated. He was just a small player in an over, like, in, in, a, in a much bigger overarching civil war that was playing out. Where he and his guys backed an insurgency against, like, the main Aztecs. And then, like, it, it's like, that, that kind of stuff happens all the time. And I was like, oh, maybe we're actually going to get into some more, like, kind of complex politics of along these sorts of lines. But nope, there was none of that, right? Like, it's not like, you know, all of these, all of these Navi tribes apparently just, like, get along completely. They have no, they have no reasons to fight. There's no, there's no, you know, bad blood to, to exploit. This was another thing I was hoping, I was like, oh, maybe what, you know, maybe what they're going to do is they're going to do a thing where, you know, the, the tree people feel like Jake has abandoned them, right? He has selfishly left to protect his family and abandoned them to the sky people or whatever, right? And Quaritch was maybe going to be able to like turn them or whatever. Nope, none of, just like none of that stuff. There's like, I don't know, like I said, there's interesting complex stuff going on here and I did like a lot of that. Uh, but they did not go in ways that I thought would have made the, I guess, allegory stronger and more interesting. Yeah. So, so something I wanted to bring up that, um, Max Landis pointed out on, on his YouTube channel is like the, the C Navi are very clearly inspired by Navi or not uh, by Maori, my Maori people. Right. Mm. And apparently they made a big deal about casting Maori people to be like the body actors for, um, for the Navi. Okay. Um, and then on top of this, they make the whalers an Australian, an Australian and a New Zealander. Right. But nobody like stops to be like, you know, neither of them are like, why are these people that were interfaced like these, these blue people exactly like the Maori that we presumably have, you know, interactions with back on earth. Right. Um, and I don't think that's like a, a like a huge like I think you can like explain around that, but it is kind of weird, right? Like that, like like I mean maybe, maybe this is just another too much like this is way too unsubtle for my taste, right? Like because like in the first movie, the Navi are very clearly like supposed to be Native Americans, right? In a way that's like very very kind of like maybe uncomfortably close, um, but I just thought it was I just thought it was strange. Yeah, I mean, the, the we've we've sort of talked about the fraught nature of coding, and like I have a certain resentment for the way that pe people talk about coding because it like a lot of things is kind of this morally neutral concept that has sort sure. of been um, uh, like loaded with a bunch of moral weight in a way that I don't like. Uh, people, people. It, it, not not that there isn't anything to like unpack or like kind of like deconstruct, but that stuff is like reverse. It's, it's, it's like putting the cart before the horse in a certain sense, right? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I did like the I like the interactions between sort of these two disparate groups and that they were truly disparate, right? That they have entirely different sort of worlds that they are living in and being good at trees does not make you good at swim, right? That's cool and interesting. And it sets up all of this sweet world building stuff that I was that I was kind of like talking about uh sort of earlier, but um I don't know. I just feel like the coding stuff is like impossible to 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 figure out. It's not even like was there a lot of whaling? Like it is people. It is like New England that is whaling. Right? It's also it's, not, it's also Japan and Oceania, right? Oh, that's like, true. I guess Japan whales. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, and th there's like some like there's some like pretty pretty like kind of like strong parallels. I think is kind of like you know Austria, right? You know. It's not like it's an, a, a you know uh, a native Australian that's captaining the whaling ship. It's like you know a white Australian, right? Like a, um, but uh, I think like the, the the thing that I think just kind of sticks out about it is like like they have like like those tattoos feel like very Maori to me, right? Like it's not like mm -hmm. they doesn't feel like sci-fi, like a, like it's not like doesn't feel like coding in the way that coding. It feels like a little bit too close for comfort to me, if that makes sense. Um, but you know, I don't think it's a huge deal. I just thought it was. Can I just say that my favorite thing about the tattoos is that the whales had tattoos. Yes, yeah, that, the, is the cool. that was a beautiful moment of Gonzo. Like, what? How? How the fuck do they tattoo a whale? I need to know. I have to know, right? Do they take the whale up onto the beach, flip it up, and just start going to town? <laughs> are there tattoo whale artists? Like, are are, are yeah, exactly right? I I kind of I just I want to know the answer to that question. Same way I want to know why the octopus drums. Who taught the octopus drums? Also, who taught the who helped the whale get tattoos? It's like it's the stuff yeah. that I that I want to figure out and Hon I want to know. Honestly, yeah. Um, Honestly, in that in that thing, the thing that stuck out a lot to me was like, oh, the Sinavi aren't just like you know people with more experience in the sea. They're physiologically different right they have bigger tails and they have thicker arms that act better as paddles but presumably they're also heavier so they wouldn't be able to like swing through the branches as well as the tree people could um mm -hmm. and you know like what does that imply about the world right like is awa like guiding evolution or have they been like separated for so long that like you know like like how, how many generations does it take for these like specializations to kind of appear in in, in the navi people um yeah, like that's that's, that's a super good question. That's super that's super interesting world building, right? Um, also, kind of like the Awa consciousness thing. Also, like I think I I was kind of disappointed that like they didn't like do. I thought they didn't do enough with kind of like the um, what was the like the Grace like Gracie maybe the Kiri 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 like Kiri is is you know Navi Jesus subplot right? Like just kind of didn't. Um, think enough play but i i think that's definitely kind of like a and this will be explored in avatars three through six or whatever um yeah i liked a lot of that stuff and i was also the moment where she has this like epileptic attack that i thought was really interesting but it also kind of didn't go anywhere and i'm not mad that it didn't go anywhere but it was also just like super interesting yeah and i want to know like what what was going on in that whole interaction yeah, I also like that. Also, gave me a pause because I thought they were going to go for kind of like a you know, so the scientist men say she's having an epileptic seizure, but actually she's just like special and in tune with Awa, right? Like, and like the implication of that is like <laughs> if your kid, like if you're a kid that has epilepsy, maybe you're actually secretly like you know, 
you know, plant Jesus is like that's like. Well, this is another one of those situations where I was I was hoping to have a little like cross pollination, right? Where it's like actually, you know, maybe the the sort of unrefined medical understanding of people or whatever um, that the the Navi have is is worse than the kind of regimented scientific approach that Norm has, right? It felt kind of weird to fly him in all, all of the way to sort of do nothing with that, right? Um, especially because Norm is the good is is a good human, right? He's a yeah. good guy. Um, he is just a scientist. He's just looking to learn more about sort of all of these about sort of all of these things. Well, but, yeah, that, that was kind of like the humans plot, like the the good humans plot in Avatar One was like, and these people these people are good, but they care too much about the science and not about enough about like you know the spirits or whatever, right? Like they don't love space Jesus enough. They this is, a, this is like the more. other of my, of my Cameron pilled favorites, Titanic, which is a fantastic film in which the, the arc that uh, like Brock Landers goes through, I think uh, is that he cares about the money, not the science, right? Uh, that it is the, he, he's this, he's this treasure hunter. He's the salvager who like goes into these deep sea submersibles to like investigate shipwrecks or whatever. But like, he doesn't understand. Oh, he doesn't understand the heart of the ocean. Right. I, I, you know, I, I, I could, I could see something kind of along those lines, but it just felt like Norm is really a good guy. And it was a weird sort of attack that he was so ineffective um, and kind of like throwing this level of doubt on things. Yeah. Also, this is the hook for them to like find, like, that's the only time that Sully doesn't like think like the, that Jake Sully doesn't like figure out like what, what's going to happen. Right. Like is like they fly a helicopter out and they ought, you know, they immediately know like where he is, right? Like, um, or at least the area that he's in, which is like, you can't, you can't. I was actually like the the thing that I was surprised about is that like Norm's still a human. That they didn't like do the kind of like make him an avatar thing. Uh, oh sure, yeah. Um, because um, like theoretically, there's no need to like transfer Jake over into his avatar body. It's just kind of like nice, right? Like I figured they. Like, I remember after watching that first movie, it was like, oh, whenever, if Avatar 2 ever comes out, are they going to have, like, transferred all the people over? No. Um, they're just, like, again, th this wasn't quite a first moment because I thought of it immediately. It's like, well, of course the humans are going to send another wave of people. You didn't send anybody back that would have, like, told a sympathetic story about, like, what happened on the planet. Like... I'm actually surprised they didn't fucking glass the planet from orbit, right? Like, you know, <laughs> like as far as far as <laughs> Avatar turns into Warhammer 40k, <laughs> as far as Earth should be concerned, like, you know, technology questions aside, like maybe they can't do that. That's fine. Right. But as far as Earth should be concerned, they're actively at war with the natives of Pandora. Right. Like they're like, well, I don't know. I, I think you can make an argument that like. Maybe it's just too expensive, right? How expensive is it to get a whole facility up and running to, like, mine unobtainium or whatever, right? Maybe you just, like, I don't know, maybe maybe you just, the, the, the shareholders aren't going to throw anybody. This never bothered me in the first movie, right? Uh, just because it's like, they pretty soundly defeated the human forces on the planet, and you feel like that gives them a pretty good home turf advantage, right? Sure, so, so the thing that doesn't... The, it doesn't bother me that okay, so I could believe that they just decided they would decide it wasn't worth it, but it 
kind of bothers me that no one kind of expected it. It's like no one thought that that could be an eventuality. And also it kind of bothers me that like the response is like not immediate, like kind of like all out hostility, right? Like you would expect that if they were going to come back, it was going to be like with like massive overwhelming force, right? Again, I think this also plays into the fact that like it's not super clear like what the motivating factors are. Right. Like, you know, is it are they trying to like like straight up like take Pandora over for for humans to move to? Did they discover that Amrita makes people live forever within the course of the year? That kind of like is like, you know, the, the year between, you know, return or whatever. Or is like is that maybe a thing that ha that was happening pre, you know, like pre Avatar one that we just like didn't hear about. Right. Like it, it, it's the same things that make me like care about the world building also make me kind of like confused as to like why some of these questions just like weren't answered. Yep. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> but the space wheels were really cool. So, you know, the space whales were in fact very cool. I, I whaling is sweet. I know that, that, that's, 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 that's a, a, a fucked up thing to say. But I got to say, it makes for real compelling. Have you ever seen In the Heart of the Sea? No. Probably not. In the Heart of the Sea was a movie that came out in 2016, I want to say, maybe? Um, that was, uh, it, is the, it is a movie about the real life thing that happened that inspired the story of Moby Dick. Which is to say, a huge, huge whale attacked a whaling ship and sank it in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Um... And, uh, yeah, and In the Heart of the Sea is a, is a movie about that, and it's freaking great. I, the thing I like about In the Heart of the Sea, you actually have heard In the Heart of the Sea music because I have used it in my D&D &D campaigns. Oh. Um, because, it, yeah, it just has very good, like, D&D &D kind of, like, action music or whatever. In fact, I actually think maybe I, – I don't know that I ever actually, like, went through with this. Um, or, you know what? We never did this, actually, now that I think about it. When you were playing, uh, when you were playing Beauregard, there was a reference to Ralph that was, was going to use this. Man, I can't remember. This is like six years, years ago. ago whatever yeah, yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. But there, I just remember there being this reference to. Um, there's a thing about there's a thing about Leviathan hunting because obviously Kintargo was on the sea or was on right. the river. Um, I don't know. There's a thing, and Ralph was in there. Ralph was an NPC in the story, right. and there was a thing about Ralph, and there was a combat encounter that was built around this. Um, that, and I specifically found that music because I was like, "Oh, this is perfect—a whale hunting movie music for Ralph." But we didn't end up going that direction. It, it might have been one of those like plot threads that I had prepared for, but you guys made a choice that kind of counteracted it. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I agree with you. I thought like the process part there was pretty cool. I just couldn't get over like the horror of like they're literally murdering like a thinking being <laughs> and they yeah, know yeah. about it. they know what they're doing right like that's like <sighs> <laughs> but, but but mango if if certain people if certain people just happen to have brain juice that stopped aging or whatever do you think that corporations would just murder those people come on right like <laughs> oh just like I like. 
I could even see them doing it, just like maybe not being so nonchalant about it, right? Like it is. <sighs> anyway, um, yeah. Lou says in the chat, but he goes to see Avatar and comes through with the message that murdering space whales is cool. <laughs> James Cameron <laughs> failed. Listen, we, I'm, I'm, this is my murdering space whales is cool arc, okay? Aquaman is next year, all right? And then I'm going to be back to, to don't murder the whales, all right? We just got to ride this shit out. <laughs> well, you there, buddy? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I, did I crap you, out? You, you froze for a second. It's fine. All okay. right. We're at an hour. Did you have anything else you want to talk about with this movie? Uh, no. I felt like we were really hard on this movie. I sort of feel bad about that. I, 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 I felt like I was, I was like, gonna come in and say a lot of positive things, but we just kind of harped on it for a while. And I don't really, but I also don't really like want to spend all that much time. I, it is better than we are getting it. Yeah. I, I feel bad about this, right? <laughs> Maybe in two or three weeks, I'll say. You know what? Maybe Avatar 2 wasn't as good as I thought at the time. I was wowed in the theater, but I hate it now or something like that. But in the in the moment, uh, Avatar 2 is better than yeah, no, <laughs> we I gave it credit for. I don't think I'll hate it, right? Like I like I was like, this is like fun, but like, but it, you know, it's just like <sighs> there's just yeah, all these little it, things. It is better than some of the other movies we've seen this year. It's probably better than these Marvel movies, to be honest. Yeah, Multiverse no. of Madness. What is? Love and Thunder. It's actually kind of a lot like Love and Thunder in terms of where it sits in my brain of like, eh, it does some stuff cool, does some stuff shitty. Um, I think it was much better than Love and Thunder, but you know, that's, I didn't, I thought Love, Love and you Thunder. You know what, I guess good. you're right. I guess I do think it's better than Love and Thunder. I think it's like about like, the same level as Wakanda Forever, but I also thought one. Oh, actually, that's pretty, a great example. It is, pretty it is like. about as good as Wakanda Forever. And in, in the same way that it's probably really forgettable, I, I haven't thought about Wakanda Forever for a single moment after we did yeah. a podcast. <laughs> I, I could see myself going back to this movie, but that's just because just I love, like, this ocean stuff so much. Like, I thought I thought the movie was really pretty, and I think it's worth seeing for the visuals. I think it's worth seeing in a big theater for the visuals. But um, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. So uh, how was uh, how was your week, I guess? Uh, how was my week? God, my week is pretty good. Uh, what did I do? Oh, I did a million Mythics. Mythic Plus opened up. That's almost everything that I did this week. Is I nice. played, um, uh, is I played WoW and I did Mythic Plus. I actually also played a lot of uh, Hearthstone. Is kind of in an interesting spot. There's a control deck in Hearthstone. Actually, you would like this deck. Okay, I I need to explain. I, we're we're in a deep dive on this deck real quick because I think you'll find it very funny. Okay, so right now, meta's pretty fast. Um, but the best control deck in the meta is called Plague Spreader Priest, okay? Um, one of the things that Hearthstone has been doing in recent sort of year, really just the last two years, is they've added in more disruption, right? Um, one of the things in, in Magic the Gathering, for instance, that prevents combo decks from being, you know, super insanely powerful, right, um, is there are a lot of cards, there, there's easy, excuse me, there's easy access to disruption in magic. First of all, you have stuff like counterspells. You have instant removal, right, that can stop things from triggering as they happen. One of the weaknesses in Hearthstone when it comes to that is you sort of have to wait until your turn to react. So your opponent gets to play a bunch of things in sequence with one another without any interaction from you, right? Um, whereas in magic, at any, at any point in time, you can counter their most important spell, right, theoretically. Um, 
The other thing is that magic has discard, has targeted enemy discard, right? I look at your hand, I discard something. I thought seize you, right? Or I, um, you know, uh, uh, like Cabal Therapy or something like that, right? Um, as well as other cards, Pithing Needle, Meddling Mage, all these other kinds of cards that, that exist in... Um, in magic that can help you kind of along these lines, especially because magic also has longer lived creatures. Um, in magic, there's a concept called untapping, which is like when you, you get, you play a creature and then you, you untap with it. And now it's on your turn. You can do stuff with it because you control the flow of combat as the defender. You can choose to take health damage rather than take, um, you choose to take health damage rather than sacrifice an important creature in hearthstone, it's rare that you will untap with an important creature. If you drop an important creature, Brand Bar Bronzebeard, doubling battle cries, for instance, being a good example of that, it's you, most of the time your opponent's going to kill it on their turn, right? Um, and so what that has done is made for a kind of combo atmosphere in Hearthstone where players can execute combos with relatively little problems. It's, it's hard to disrupt a combo in Hearthstone. Right? But at the same time, there's a lot that you can do to protect yourself from a combo in Hearthstone. A control warrior can gain 100 health right, and just be so healthy that you can't actually burst him out. right? Or an, an aggro deck can put enough pressure on the board that it just like owns you, that kind of thing. This is, this is all sort of normal. But one of the new things that they've been adding is they've been adding disruption. right? So for instance, there's a called card Mutinous who comes into play and he eats a card in your opponent's hand. He literally just he takes a minion in your opponent's hand, he chomps it down, and he gains its stats. And you no longer have access to that minion in in, in your hand right um there's another called called theotar uh like theotar from shadowlands or whatever he comes in you get to discover a card in your opponent's hand and then discover a card in your hand and you swap them so you give them essentially your worst card out of three and you take their best card out of three a lot of the times you can disrupt their combo by taking an important combo piece uh before you know before they're able to get their their combo off the most recent iteration of this is a card called Plague Spreader, which is a 4-4 four, four for 4 that has Death Rattle turn a minion in your opponent's hand into a Plague Spreader, right? The exact same, the exact same card or whatever. And then Priest has all of these other cards that interact with that sort of, in, that interact with that sort of thing, right? Um, they have a card called, uh, like, Cabal Acolyte, I think, uh, which is like a 2-4 that says resurrect a friendly undead that died this turn. Well, it resurrects Plague Spreader, right? They have a card called um, Zyrella the, the Devout, I think, who comes into play and she repeats all friendly death rattles that went off this game, right? Um, and so you get into this situation where you just get a million Plague Spreaders and you're just turning shit into your opponent's hands and just Plague Spreaders. And then they're pl playing their Plague Spreaders and spreading things to your hand. But it doesn't actually matter because you're not playing. You're just kind of playing a generic value deck. You can let some stuff turn into Plague Spreaders and then it dies again and you're just making more Plague Spreaders or whatever. And then you play Zyrella and you just get eight, and you have like eight Plague Spreader like interactions you just like pop 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 all of their minions into into plague spreaders it's just like that whole deck is built on disrupting the shit out of your opponents turning all of your shit into plague spreaders i don't give a fuck right but it has really funny interactions in other ways too for instance there's a card card called whirlpool right so i was playing against this rogue he's kind of a value rogue right he's a really big hand a bunch of play we've traded plague spreaders a bunch of times a bunch of my plague spreaders have gone off a bunch of his has gone off you know we we both kind of have hands full of plague spreaders but i have a card called whirlpool which is an eight mana card that says uh destroy 
destroy a minion and every other minion, like uh, all all minions of the same type wherever they are, right? So it looks for all plague spreaders in all decks and all hands, and it kills them, right? And after I play Zyrella, I turn his whole hand into plague spreaders, right? Then he plays two of those plague spreaders. I then drop Whirlpool and nuke his entire hand because all of the minions were plague spreaders. And it's just like, this is so dumb. It is so dumb. It's the most Dave deck I've ever fucking played in Hearthstone history, right? My friends are like, buddy, what the fuck? This is terrible. You are so mean to people. I went into one of our chats where we're talking about Hearthstone, and I was like, oh my god, you guys, I've discovered Plague Spreader Priest, and one of my friends put a, put a like an emoji that was just like, oh, no, don't do this, right? And it's just like, god, it's so stupid. It's so stupid, but it's so fun. Um, anyway, that's my that's my little Hearthstone story. That's the that's the that's the recent Hearthstone goodness. That sounds, that sounds fun. That sounds that sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> is that is that your kind of deck, Mango? That's that, that sounds like my kind of deck. Actually, uh, you know what's funny? Your kind of deck in Hearthstone has kind of a weird level of support right now because there's a card called um, the Harvester of Envy, right? Who's a, who's another Shadowlands character, and he says when you play a card that you copied from your opponent, steal the original. Right, so what you do is you you play a bunch of these copy like spells, right? That's like add two cards from your opponent's hand, add discover two cards, one from their hand, one from their deck, or whatever. You know, it's like a minion that's like take a you know when this dies, take a card from your opponent's mm -hmm. hand or whatever. You stack up a bunch of those effects. You play Harvester of Envy, and then you just go like boom, 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 and you like steal a bunch of their cards or whatever. It's so satisfying. It's dumb, doesn't win games, but it's satisfying. <laughs> that sounds like my type of deck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dumb, but doesn't win games. Um, <laughs> but it's incredibly frustrating. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, in my world, speaking of things that are incredibly done, dumb were incredibly satisfying but frustrating, um, they nerfed the Riot Shield in Modern Warfare 2, and I am <laughs> livid. They massacred my boy I saw buddy. your tweet. I saw your tweet about that. God, that was funny. Like, like the Riot Shield is not without counterplay, right? Like, it's dealable with. I can understand some of the changes they made too, but the thing I think that's unforgivable is they went, they made the right, they took the right shield and made, took it from a two hit kill to a three hit kill, and that just makes it impossible to actually like win with. It's it, you just can't do anything with it, and so I haven't played Modern Warfare two since since that trained change happened. Uh, it maybe 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 very aggravated. I'm hoping they'll change it back, but until then, I will not play in protest. Um, Otherwise, I've mostly been playing well. Because of that, I, I got back a little bit into Guilty Gear Strive. Um, trying to, there was a Street Fighter beta this weekend that I didn't get into, but I figured I'd keep trying to learn how to do the hitbox right. I have heard bad things about that Street Fighter beta. I was really? in a meeting this morning with two people who were in it, and they were both shitting all over it. Really? Did they, did they say what was, what was wrong about it? Uh, they said that there was too many sort of one-button combos. That like the game, you he was describing the game as like, if you can land the first hit of your combo, you essentially land the whole combo because it's so easy to pull off. Um, oh, so because like some a way, extra, is this like the new the new controls scheme? Maybe. Okay. So, uh, so for those at home that don't know, there is um, three control screens in Street Fighter Six. Only one. So the the real easy one, which is kind of like the noob friendly, like context-sensitive buttons that will, like, auto-combo for you. That's only playable locally. You can't play that online. Um, but there are 
the second control scheme is basically like a Smash Brothers style control scheme where the special moves are like directions and presses instead of um, motions or charges. Um, but because of that, those moves do less damage um, and are generally less good, but they're easier to execute. Um, so, uh, but I'm uh, like, the that, that's an interesting thing to say because like part of, part of playing like a true combo, theoretically, if you land the first hit, you land the whole thing. It's just like how the game work like how fighting games work except there's a chance that you drop it because you you're like not good enough but yeah because there's like a a failure of execution the question is how difficult to pull that off right it um and some like there's an argument i think to be made that 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 level that level of execution isn't super interesting from a gameplay perspective right because like the highest like people at the highest level of play are playing at that level anyway They're, they're like rarely dropping combos um but you know, I know that's interesting. So, so, so your 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 coworkers thought was just like it's, it's too easy to execute, and that's the issue. Yep. Interesting. That's what they that's what they said. Very well, maybe. Yeah, I also wouldn't be surprised if um, I don't know. There's a million other sort of issues uh, around all of this other sort of stuff. Um, you know, it was in the middle of a work meeting. I wasn't super paying attention, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, feel free to feel free to correct me, no, <laughs> you guys. So I, I I haven't played, um, and I know that like I know that people were complaining about like one of the defensive mechanics as being a little too powerful, and then like the people I follow online were like, oh no, it's actually not that bad. You have options against it. You just kind of can't throw it out for nothing, right? Like that kind of thing. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of talk about this latest beta, so I'll, I'll have to go do some do some uh, watching. Yeah, um, but yeah, playing playing Strive, trying to relearn, you know, get my fingers to do the right things with uh, like this is it, it's frustrating, but it, I can definitely feel like I'm making progress on like actually controlling, like for a for a long time I have felt like I am losing matches because I can't control my character right with the new controller setup, but it's finally starting to turn the corner where I'm starting to lose matches not because of execution, um, or not because of like, sometimes that would happen to me anyway because I'm not the world's greatest player. But, like, now it feels more like I am losing matches because I'm making bad decisions, which is a better way to lose, right? Like, that's the thing, where, like, you know, I know I'm I'm making bad decisions. I know I'm p- playing poor – or I, I know I'm playing poorly tactics-wise instead of playing poorly execution-wise, which is, I think, an important step to kind of, like, getting yourself to that place. Yeah. So have you been have you been doing WoW stuff? How did how did you like our first week in Vault of the Inc- uh, in the Incarnates? Vault of the Incarnates. Uh it's it's fun. I'm uh, still like getting used to some of the new changes, right? Like I kind of don't like that tiger statue, but I picked it up at some point because I kind of had to. Um. Uh, I can't really. I like. We've only seen a couple of bosses, so it's not like I can I can say that like anything feels particularly good or bad. Um, something that came up is I find myself frustrated by like mining nodes, like not being able to easily tell what they are from like the mini map. Um, oh yeah. You have to, you have to see whether or not it's a Ceravite or like hardened Ceravite and stuff like that. Yeah, so I was like, Oh, I'm sure there's an add on that addresses this. There isn't. Um, and then I went, I was like, Oh, well I'm a programmer. I can write my own. 
turns out you just can't grab those nodes program like there's a mod or there's a an add-on that kind of does it but what it does is and this is fucking wild is um it don't like he record like the person who wrote it only recommends you only do it like while you're moving is while you're moving it takes the mini map and like scans it under your cursor and then like picks up on tooltips and reads those tooltips and like tries to match it against the list that you set up and like will like flash the screen and make a noise. <coughs> so and like that's clever, but it's apparently not very reliable, which makes like sense to me, right? Like that it wouldn't be. But it's like, how else are we gonna fucking deal with this, right? Like, um, I don't know. It's it is frustrating that I that like there's no better way to do I honestly what I wanted to do is I wanted to write a mod that just like color codes the nodes based on like like what they are and like maybe if they're like a, you know an elemental node um but you know I've actually kind of getting to the point where I've run out of like stuff to do in a lot of ways um mm -hmm. like there's always little stuff to do but like um for like I was just kind of like going through like the the, the like the non-world quest quests and I'm most of the way done, I think, with most of them. I need to, to check. I've also just... I've been focusing on the... um, The... Uh, what's it called? The 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 Tuscars and uh, the Expedition. But, uh, you know... How about you? What have you been What have you been up to in, in the world? Uh, you know, I played... A, I did a ton of Mythics. Right. Because uh, this was the first week for Mythic Plus. I probably ran, like, 20 or something. Um, it is interesting because some of them are just wildly out of balance with one another right uh we ran a plus we'd like we'd like just running shadow moon burial grounds is like the freest key i have ever run in my fucking life it is so easy right i don't even understand half the mechanics we've like died on stuff or whatever but you, you just it, there's just so there's just not a lot to that dungeon which right? one is shadow moon burial grounds it is it is a it is a wad dungeon. It's a dungeon oh. from Warlords of Draenor. Um, and then we went and we did like ruby life pools, and it felt like fucking impossible. There's just so many. And I was like, is this like mechanics creep? Is it just because like I think the mechanics of the game are just like fundamentally much different? Uh, they, they're just so different compared to what they used to be. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, and uh, and I'm interested to see what they do with it. I guess is sort of is sort of where where I come down on that sort of stuff. I did see more of Vault of the Incarnates. I saw five bosses. Uh, so because I raid with another group on Saturdays, so we did the first three, which was killing, you know, Aranog and Taros again, um, killing. Um, as someone who can't cleanse disease, I hate sh uh, burial grounds. Listen, that's as someone who runs in groups that don't interrupt, let me tell you. Um, the uh, the first five bosses are actually kind of neat. There's one boss that I think everyone's going to fucking hate that is just going to be like a nightmare for any any group to do that is about uh that's about spiders um but i don't want to I, I don't know i don't want to spoil that too that stuff too much i am okay with vault of the incarnates i'm sort of all right with sort of a lot of what's what's going on but i am sort of feeling that um i don't know i guess like malaise about about world of warcraft which is kind of the danger that i talked about in pre like you had such a good reason to do stuff in shadowlands and battle for azeroth the, you don't have that reason anymore 
because they kind of took that stuff out, which to be fair, the community wanted, right? right. You know, uh, people, people had been complaining about it. They'd been complaining about it for a really long time. Um, but I guess, I don't know. I just, I wasn't complaining about it. And so I, it is, it has been tough for me to want to like log in and do stuff in the way that I used to. Right. Um, which is, uh, yeah, which is tough. You're going to get killed on Twitter for that opinion? Hey, tell me about it. Oh, here's an interesting wow thing. Chris Messon is coming back. Right. Do you, do you have thoughts? Uh, Zug Zug? I don't know. Like, <laughs> probably good, oh. all things considered. Um, yep. Uh, you know, I, I know in one of our chats you had mentioned, or uh, in something you mentioned, that, that, you know, he was presiding over the company where, like, some of this bad Cosby sweet stuff was happening. Um, yep. I don't know, like, I don't know how much of this, like, is on Chris Metzen, right? Like, like my opinion of this has always been, like, the thing that made Blizzard magical was also the thing that, like, enabled these kind of things to happen. When you have a friendly company culture, it also means that boundaries get pushed, and sometimes that goes poorly. And I assume yep. that that's what, you know, getting more corporate is how you, like, fix those problems, but also, like, kills kind of, like, what makes the company, like, a magical place to work. Um, yeah, even even the Cosby Suite stuff, right? Like we're using that parlance, uh, but the the Cosby Suite itself is a weird story because at the time, people like Bill Cosby hadn't been convicted of like raping all of these people. Yeah. It was be, it was described that way because of like the the floor or whatever and entirely uncontroversial unaccused people were getting we're talking about this on twitter um a game developer named zelnath right who hasn't worked on at blizzard for years he's the guy who made pet battles uh but and then he went to go do league of legends and um designed a bunch of stuff in league of legends and then he left to do orient the blind forest orient the will of the wisps one of the you know like one of those um, you know, he was kind of tweeting about how he went to the Cosby Suite. The reason it was called the Cosby Suite was because of the carpet on the floor, right? right? There were, and there were other messages that were included as part of that were entirely, that were taken way out of context, entirely uncontroversial. A guy named Dave Kosak, who was a, uh, a quest designer on WoW at the time, would later go on to Hearthstone, has since left, have since left the company. He left the company in like 2018, I think I want to say, to go be like the creative director at some other studio. Um, he was talking about bringing like hot girls to the to the room in a group text, right? Which got like leaked to to whatever it was Kotaku Polygon, whoever whoever published this story. Um, and you know this guy Zelnath, he was like, yeah, he was talking about his wife. He was talking about picking up the wives from the parking lot and bringing them and bringing them to the suite, right? Because all these guys were you know like married and in their thirties. And the crazy thing is, all of the people in that you know, are, are at different companies, right? Zeldath left, I guess technically he's working for Microsoft now, because I think Microsoft owns the Orion Willow the Wisp people. Yeah. Um, Ghostcrawler was another one. He works in he works at Riot now, obviously. Uh, like I said, Dave Kosak works somewhere else. Um, Alex Afrasiabi got, you know, got canned. He was sort of the smoking, the smoking gun and all this. I think there's a lot of stuff that happens when it comes to this Activision Blizzard stuff that is not detail oriented i guess is what i would say yeah uh, no the people yeah the, the cosby part of that did bother me because like i remember some somebody i was listening to going off about how like everybody knew it was a problem the time it's like no i think he was he might have been technically convicted but like hannibal burris like brought it to public attention no like, no, no 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 
It, this was, but th- this is my, my point. It was before the Hannibal Burst thing. This was in the BlizzCon. This is like 2013 BlizzCon. The right. Hannibal Burst thing is in 2014. Right, right, no, right? but th- th- that's my point, right? Like, I think he technically was convicted, maybe civilly. Like, there was there was something oh, that I happened see. that before, and Hannibal Burst brought it to attention, right? Like, everybody kind of yeah. ignored it, and then Hannibal Burst brought brought it to everybody's attention later. That that you're correct, right? Like, that, that that's the point. Um, yeah, uh, but that's like the thing that people, you know, people want to say is like, oh, like people will go and like look at the conviction conviction date, and it is pre that incident. But that's just because people weren't paying attention, like people weren't scrutinizing stuff this closely, right? Like, um, yeah. So you know, I, I, you know, and again, the the, the big point being is like that uh, Alex, whatever his name is, he fucked up, right? He's a bad person. That happens, right? Like that 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 is why these companies go so corporate is because like everything's fun and games until this happens once, and then everything gets locked down, right? Like yep. you, disco- you discover why corporate America sucks so much and it's because if it doesn't then people get hurt and no one, <laughs> and like no one wants like to live with like like you could say like no one wants to like accept that liability i'm sure there's a lot of people that just don't want to like have that risk on their conscience right like if you want to be like like you know uh generous about it right like no no one wants to be responsible for a rape right regardless of how cold and heartless you are you still don't want to be responsible for it right like even even you know uh tangentially right like um yep. so you know you you, <laughs> you 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 lock that stuff down and you you know prevent like one of the companies i worked for um i won't say which um had a specific policy about inter-office relationships right no other company i've worked for has had an explicit policy about that as far as i'm I'm sure my current employer does, but like it's 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 not like like this was handed to me on like day one. It's like something happened here, right? Like there is a specific incident that somebody can point to at either this company or a previous company that made this policy be so prominent, right? Like, yep, no, that is absolutely true. This is something that's happened in my work before, where like nothing, something is not a consideration. Nobody thinks about it. Oh, should we work with a married couple? It's like, oh yeah, sure, of course. Why why wouldn't you? But then. One one time that married couple goes through a really messy divorce and they're both working inside the company and now they're like sniping at each other. They can't be in meetings together. It's like it's like, oh well, actually maybe it is a little dangerous to like work with you know, like to have married people in the same department. Whatever you know, like whatever you want to call that. It's like, yeah, th- that something bad had to happen to make that policy exist. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know, the the thing with Chris Metzen, um, Obviously, Chris himself was never accused of anything. Right. At worst, he was sort of accused of like he was in charge. He was a leader in the company. It, it happened on his watch. Sort of, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, also, obviously, he was the creative director. Uh, Afrasiabi would become the creative director. Like they worked closely together. There's a bunch of BlizzCon stuff where the two of them are on a panel, right? And they're answering questions from the audience. All this other sort of shit. Um, that stuff, uh, I don't think is like damning or whatever. But it is something that you know, I don't know people are bringing up. I think it's sort of fair enough. Really, the thing that I'm interested in is crunch, um, because so one of the things that happened the game awards is that Diablo four got a release date in June of next year. I think it's June 6th in, in of next year. Right. Uh, a, an anonymous kind of account got out that basically said that is a wild date. No one is there. There's no way they're hitting that date. Right. Um, the, you know, like a, like former blizzard dev said like there, there's no way they're, they're hitting that date. They're going to be crunching. Right. Um, and one of the interesting things to me about, 
Metzen is he specifically left the company because of crunch, essentially, um, which was he was um, uh, he was so like stressed out and like over and like overworked from all of the all of the responsibilities. This is around Warlords Legion time um that he was having these like crazy panic attacks and heart problems or whatever um and his doctor literally was like you should just you should like leave this company um which is why i think it's sort of interesting that that he's kind of on his on you know on his way back he's not quitting his day job doing that thing he did a kickstarter for like a DD campaign yeah, yeah. setting um that that's apparently like still happening or whatever his position is just advisory he's gonna be like know. a consultant or something yeah that, that feels yeah, like that, yeah, I, I, what I imagine this means is that he's going to be in a couple of meetings about the direction of like the next expansion. He's going to kind of get he's going to get a feedback pass on on what the the you know the future WoW expansions and their story and and stuff like that is uh, is eventually going to be like. Um, which is funny because everybody fucking hates. Do you, do you know the name Steve Denuser? Have I ever talked about Steve Denuser? Sounds sounds familiar. Steve Denuser is was the lead. Okay, here's I. Maybe I should just codify this on the podcast. This is my Steve Denuser rant, okay? Steve Denuser was a writer. He was like a quest designer on Kingdoms of Amalore. Do you remember oh, that game? Oh, yes. Yeah, the, the, the Kurt Schilling game. The Kurt Schilling game. That he got like $50 million from Rhode Island to make this game. Bankrupted just everything or whatever. One of the guys who worked on that game was Steve Denuser. Then he would eventually move on to the WoW team, right? And he was a quest designer. At the time, WoW did not have narrative designers. They had they had only quest designers. Quest designers were basically the ones in charge of writing the story because they were the ones who were writing all the quests for that story, right? Um, at the time of, I want to say BFA... But it might have been Legion. He was definitely a quest designer in Legion, but I think this change happened between Legion and BFA. Um, at the time of BFA, they decide, you know what? We need narrative designers. True blue narrative designers who are going to do narrative design work. Stuff like writing NPC dialogue for, you know, some of the stuff that we've seen in BFA and Shadowlands. The um, stay a while and listen dialogue. There's a lot more voice content in WoW nowadays. In, uh, WoW nowadays, all of that stuff is obviously written. Uh, the narrative designers sit in on the VO sessions, all this other sort of stuff. Um, um, they're they're the ones who are planning out sort of these main campaign quests and stuff like that. Um, typically working hand in hand with with a quest designer. All of this stuff is public information, but zero people know it because they don't actually they don't actually care. People in the WoW community fucking hate Steve Denuser. They think that everything that has gone wrong with Shadowlands and BFA is because of Steve Denuser. The reason why is actually pretty simple. It's because he's the one on all the podcasts, right? When they want to interview somebody on the WoW team about the game's story, they interview Steve Denuser. And I have to say this, he is really bad at interviews, right? Professionally, as a person whose job it is to be uh, the professional face of his company, Boy, does this does this man not know how to put a fucking sentence together that is a good sentence that people will comprehend well, right? You know As I mean? a guy who has a uh, you know six year long going podcast, he's not good at podcasts, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's he's just like he has this way of sort of putting his foot in his mouth, not being very specific with his words, making these um kind of unclear analogies that, that give people like the wrong impression a bunch of different like a bunch of different different stuff right um so anyway the wow community has this huge hate boner for the for this guy steve denuser um and one of the things that came about uh, I, I personally posted on, like, the Warcraft lore subreddit. I was the one who was like, hey, Chris Messon is coming back. And I was getting all these responses from people that were like, wow, 
I hope that he convinces them to kick Steve Denuser to the curb. Fuck this guy. You know, like all of the all of these like hate posts about Steve Denuser. And what they I I guess they just I don't know, maybe I pay attention to this stuff or they don't. <laughs> Steve Denuser got a promotion between Shadowlands and Dragonflight. He is now the narrative director. He went on a he went on a podcast with with like one of the lore like YouTubers, the one of the wild lore YouTubers. Um and they asked him a question. They were like, "He, you're the lead narrative designer." He's like, "No, no, actually, I'm the narrative director now. I, I got a promotion or whatever." And I started telling people that, and they were, they were like, "What? No, ha, 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 he's so bad, right? Like all this stuff going completely apeshit." Anyway, the thing I want to bring up about Steve Denuser is the same thing I want to bring up about uh, Chris Message, which is that people don't understand. These guys have the name, but these companies are big, and there are more people doing this work than you think. And the person responsible for the things you hate and the person responsible for the for the things you love, that's going to be like a bunch of different people on the different teams. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and that is, that, that's like the, the takeaway. If I can preach any message on my podcast, if I can evangelize anybody who, who is listening, uh, just be aware that WoW is a game that is being made by hundreds of people. There are more people than just the names of the people who show up on the podcast um, to, you know, to them. And I think the same thing is going to be true for Chris Metzen. I don't think there's a tour theory, you know, like, there, there's no version of things where like Chris Messon is going to decide what the next expansion is going to be because he's so like genius or whatever. Like, no, of course not. It is going to be a big gigantic decision made by a big gigantic corporate entity in the same way that any of these kinds of decisions get made. And I just, uh, that's it. That's, that's what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I could see them going to him for like specifics, right? Like I, I think, I think like the actual narrative thread is a thing that's like, potentially a little bit more controllable by one person because like ultimately that's not as important like from like a business perspective right like like um so like the the things we talk about with like grind and whatever that's more likely to be done by committee so i, I could see there yeah. being like room for him to have maybe more control than you're suggesting but I, it's also not guaranteed right like um especially with other people's fingers in the pie um yeah. Have you watched um uh have you watched the end of the raid cinematic? Do you care about that stuff? I have not I have watched not. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I was that, that was an interesting I was a, that was a question I was wondering about is is like how much do you pay attention to any of that stuff like on Wow News or something? So this is this is something I'm I'm it's weird that I have managed to do this. Um but I'm basically like I do not care so much about being spoiled about it, but, like, I am almost totally separated from that <laughs> world, right? Like, I don't read the subreddit, and, like, <clears throat> the only person on Twitter that I follow that's relevant is, like, you and Red Shirt Guy, right? And, like, you guys are, like, <laughs> tweeting spoilers out, right? Like, um, True. And I don't, like, you know, I don't, like, have Red Shirt Guy. You, I have you on alert because, like, I have all my real-life friends on alert, but, like, Red shirt guy, he could tweet and I could miss it, right? Like I don't, yep. you know, my tweet, my tweet thread is filled with like thousands of idiots tweeting about nonsense. So, um, uh, I just, I have almost like I have, I almost, I only get the popular discourse through you and like other people, 
right? Like, which is weird. This podcast. Which is weird because my view is, like, so informed by you that when someone in the raid, like, expresses, like, the, like, kind of, like, common opinion, I'm like, but I... but I thought that was like a bad opinion for idiots, and then I, you know, and, and then maybe, maybe I don't think so highly of our raid mates. But you know, that's another story. <laughs> that's why there are a lot of people in our raid who who say this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, the other day, I was in I was in Discord. I f- shouldn't have done this, to be honest with you. The other day, I was in Discord with a friend of with a friend of ours who Lou says who that that happens a lot. Which you know. yeah, who, and I baited him into doing the the thing i baited him into basically explaining what he didn't like about shadowlands and to be honest i didn't even really let him explain because all i wanted him to do was say something stupid so that i could <laughs> well actually him really fucking hard right like he did this thing he i i, I don't even remember what it was lou might remember she was there he, i we were ju- we were just doing whatever and he was like as much as i hated Shadowlands, and I think Lou was like, "You just hate it because Twitter tells you to hate it, <laughs> or whatever." He was like, "No, these are my own opinions. They're really well informed." And I was just like, "Name one, <laughs> right? Like, what? What is one of those opinions? Let's go. Let's like actually have this conversation." And he started explaining, and I stopped him immediately, and just like went on a whole thing about, "Oh, I'm, you know what it was? It was in Zareth Mortis." Okay, so in Zareth Mortis, there's the prototype pantheon, right? Yeah. Okay, so the prototype pantheon is a group of four robots, right? They are these um, they are these robots that the first ones created as prototypes for the the pantheon of the eternal ones, Denathrius, the Jailer, the the Winter Queen, all of these characters that we have met over the course of Shadowlands. Okay, the popular talking point is that the Winter Queen and the Jailer and Denathrius are an interesting characters because they're just robots. They're just robots, Mango. They're just robots. This is what they say, right? Okay, so first of all, putting aside the fact that there is so much media about how robots are cool and interesting, right? How you can have a robot, but it's a person. Watch, yeah, like, that's like a whole trope. Blade Runner. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. No, Blade exactly, Runner. Right? I, robot, <laughs> raise the name of the fucking movie. <laughs> it's even dumber than that, though. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. But, like, in WoW, we also have characters that are functionally the exact same thing, which are the Titan Keepers, Right? Odin, Thor, right? Loc- Locum, right? Like Wait, these are right. these are characters. Aren't like all of the mortal races like formerly mechanisms that were like cursed with the curse of flesh? I know. This is exactly what I was saying. I was like, I was like, hold up, don't you? But like all of these characters that are interesting human characters, the the thing that made Arthas the best character. Everyone would say this: the best character in all of World of Warcraft, right? The thing that will make Ar- that it will make Arthas is that he, he is the the stumpy, withered offspring of a Val. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Valkyr. Um, uh, Vrykul, right? Who who like who used to be Stormforge, who used to have these metal bodies, but they're afflicted by the curse of flesh or whatever. He's functionally a fucking robot, right? How on earth is that not an interesting character? And then the best one, the coup de gras, is that the prototype pantheon is, they're fucking prototypes. If you read the boss journal, it says that the first ones created the prototype pantheon to kind of programmatically execute their will for the Shadowlands, and they failed at that duty because they didn't have souls. They didn't have, like, the level of humanity required for complex emotions, right? The, the fucking boss journal says that they're not robots, that they have souls, that they have 
that they have a consciousness that they are sapient creatures capable of complex emotions and that the reason that these things are bosses for us to kill is because they are too stupid to actually fulfill the job it's just like the, it is the layers of nonsense on the nonsense layer cake it's just fun it's just fun to put that all on top of each other <laughs> Oh man! Spe speaking of like these like, war points, <laughs> I unlocked a uh, I unlocked one of the story beats. I think it was the Veldraken Accord one, um, like the story quest. And uh, do, have you have you seen it yet? Do you care about spoilers? I have not actually. I, I, is this a big spoiler? I maybe care about this. I don't know. There is a cutscene. There there is an in in game cutscene that has all of the aspects. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Is this the one where they go to the vault? Yes. Then I have seen that. One. Yeah, I, well, just in case people, have, the, the important part is that all the like the aspects, like the original aspects, are standing um, and talking. And the only thing I could think is like, why is Rathion a human? That doesn't make sense. I don't know. It bugs the fuck out of me. Right and now, like, you've infected me with your mind virus. Oh, I need to post that on the Warcraft floor subreddit. I bet yeah. that would get a billion upvotes. <laughs> Actually, that's not true because everybody really likes Dragonflight. So it would be like seen through the lens of Dragonflight is good. Therefore, this thing pointing out a weird logical inconsistency is kind of bad. Like uh, this, like I, like I said when you when you brought it up the first time, this is a perfect redshirt guy question. You need to Absolutely, go to Blizz, yeah. you need to go to BlizzCon. You need to ask. Um, <laughs> except you okay. can't. Except they can't fix it by like having a dwarf appear, right? Like the. <laughs> They maybe yeah that's true. I mean I think the the thing I would like to hear to be honest with you is the same thing that the Green Lantern comics uh, did in DC, which is that it just sort of said in one of the comics that bipedal mammalian humanoids are just a, a it's it's like it's like carson carcinogenesis oh, uh, or whatever yeah yeah uh, carcinization like like yeah, yeah. Er, like uh, lots of things evolve into crabs it's like it's the it's the human version of that lots of things evolve into essentially just humans right which is code for why there are all of these humans in uh in greenland in like you know in the cosmos of the dc universe right in the green lantern uh the cosmos that that look vaguely humanoid and the answer is well there's actually nothing super all that special about humans it's really just that cause like like evolutionarily speaking things tend to evolve in in this sort of way uh lou asked in the crest rathion or naltharian because yeah human deathwing is an oopsie unless he's uh particularly handsome very cool yes exactly this is exactly my thing is um in the flashbacks that we got before whatever uh uh, Deathwing takes on his his visage form, but his visage form is specifically a human male, right? And we've seen this human male version of of, of Deathwing before, but it is because he took on the the role of like I, like I think his name is like Adis or Adalis or something, Prester like a like a Dalaran or no 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 not Dalaran Alterok. He was like an Alterok noble or something, um, and it's like that was something that he assumed during the Second War. Because of how, you know, like, because of how that war was going. That was, like, a recent thing. It was not something that he would have picked up 12,000 years ago before the Sundering or whatever. Yeah, and then the other thing that I pointed out is that Nosdormu and Maligos are both High Elves. But High Elves didn't exist because, again, this is before the Sundering, right? So there was no Sunwell. There was no kind of parallel evolution between the High Elves and the Night Elves or whatever. Um, even Ashara herself, which the only one that really makes any sense is... Ysera, who is a night elf. Night elves would have existed at that time. That's basically it. That's the point. Anyway. 
Uh, are there any are there any troll dragons? I know that like I've definitely mm-hmm. seen Torin dragons. Or like uh, the the troll dragon is Senegos, uh, who is the dragon who's the blue dragon from. Do you remember uh, uh, Azuna in Legion? There's that whole bit with the with the blue dragons. I might have the dropped crystals. Legion before that, but is he the <clears> one? No, 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 it was in the. It was in, like, the first zone. There's, like, an old dragon uh, who's, oh. like, in a big pool. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy, he, excuse me, his visage form is a troll. Okay. Uh, there's also in Hearthstone, Kazakis, who is uh, who is a troll um, black dragon, who is, like, a like a relative of Anixia. Uh, but that's, like, Hearthstone lore that doesn't really count, so, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> All right, well, we're over time as per usual, so um, <laughs> unless you have anything else you want to talk about, I'm going to wrap it up. Sure. All right, well, if you'd like to tell us what you th- th- thought about any of the stuff we talked about on this podcast, whether it's Way of Water or World of Warcraft lore, you can email us at DervisPlayGames at gmail.com or podcasts at Um You can watch these live at twitch.tv slash DervisPlayGames or now live also on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Games. Um let me make sure I've got that right. Vent for me for a second, buddy. Uh, never mind. Yes, it is. Uh, Twitch t- or YouTube.com slash at some derps play games. Um, thank you to uh, our wonderful social media manager, uh, Zhao, for setting up that nice link for us. Um, what else? You can read and review us on iTunes or wherever you find good podcasts. Um, that's everything. I have, but do you have anything you're looking to promote? Uh, I don't have anything I'm looking to promote, I guess. Yeah, I don't have anything I'm looking to promote. All right. Uh, do, do you, uh, Colors of Rot came out in between the sets? Yeah, and Gr- last, week? last week, Grime Col- Colors of Rot came out. Card Game Island and Cardboard Kings came out. Uh, like the, you can actually, they made. <laughs> The joke of Cardboard Kings was that you weren't allowed to play the card game. That it was it was a game about managing the card shop, but that you didn't know how to play the card game. But so many people asked to play the card game that they were just like, okay, fuck it. Here's here's the card game where you go to a place called Card Game Island, which is kind of like Duelist Kingdom in Yu-Gi-Oh! And you do a little roguelike deck builder thing. It's actually pretty fun. I, 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 like, I like Card Game Island. I like Colors of Rot uh, just fine. Those both came out, uh, yeah, last week, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, um, with that, I'm going to say uh, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.